thank you Lord for your blessing we thank you father for all our brethren who are not in church today we pray that they will have a revelation of why they must be in your presence always and rise up to overcome every struggle that depends on them in the name of Jesus I pray for those who have genuine difficulties and things that fight against their effort to serve you with diligence I pray Lord that you help them send them help every help that they need in the name of Jesus bless them Lord and bring them to your presence in Jesus name we pray Amen Hallelujah Amen Alright now you may be seated everybody Hallelujah Today I'm continuing my message Amen but before that I want to mention to you that it's important for you to be in church every day, isn't it? Every Sunday you must trust God and do not expect that the devil will just leave you to just go to church. <laughs> do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, you should expect that sometimes he will visit you to rob you of the opportunity to be in God's presence. You should expect that sometimes things will come your way. You wake up and you don't feel too good. You know, or sometimes you wake up late or one of the common strategies is to keep people up very late. Very, very late. Yeah, and then he just keeps enticing them. Just stay up, just stay up, stay up. Stay up, stay up. Oh, you don't need six hours of sleep. You just two hours. You see, until it's so late, then they fall asleep. Then waking up becomes a problem. Then he sends another demon of excuses. And that one comes to tell you, well, you know how it is. Today you are tired. Make it next week. Make it next week. It's so easy for people to say next week. Yeah, that's just the way of just sending something away just next week. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So let's be conscious of that. The Bible says in the book of Job, there was a day when the children, the sons of God, came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan came among them too. Do you see? What does Satan want there? Because he knows that in God's presence, there's always a blessing. <laughs> Isn't it? Because he knows that when you go to God, you always come away with something. So when the sons of God presented themselves before the Lord, Satan came also among them. And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? You see? So even God was speaking to Satan as he came to his presence, isn't it? Then he even gives him something to do, which he wouldn't get if he hadn't come to his presence. So you should expect something great. Expect that church will be more than an encounter, a routine for you. 
Do you get it? Expect that God will send you away with something. Amen. And that something will be a blessing to your life. Say amen. amen. All right. Now, today I'm continuing um, our message on prayer. Amen. And um, it's a good time to be preaching about prayer because we just entered season four or season five, actually, of our flow prayer meetings. Amen. Amen. And this last one, I noticed that many of you were on, which is powerful. And I want us to keep it up. Amen. Amen. I want us to keep it up until prayer becomes our lifestyle. Amen. We are blessed that prayer is organized for us, you know, and it's one step into making it easier when it's organized for you. Do you see what I'm saying? So take advantage of it and we'll be blessed. Amen. Amen. Now, I'm sharing from the book How to Pray, and uh, we're still in the first chapter. If you're too busy to pray, then you're too busy. If you're too busy to pray, then you are too busy. Amen. Now, Daniel chapter 6 is the book and chapter that we are studying. Last week, we took the time to read the whole chapter to understand the background of this verse 10. It says, now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, what this verse means is that Daniel understood perfectly the consequences of praying at such a time. Daniel knew he was fully aware of the problem that could arise out of him seeking to maintain his prayer routines, you see. But Daniel still prayed. He says he knew that the writing was signed and he went into his house and his windows being open in his chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. Amen. Amen. In other words, nothing changed for him. You see, they had made a new law and they had said that anybody who would pray or ask a petition of anyone or any God except the king, he would be put in the lion's den. And he says, Daniel knew that the writing was signed into law. And he knew what it meant, being who he was. Because Daniel was part of the government. Do you see? Yeah. He must have been there even when they were voting for the law. Do you see? He probably voted against it. You see? Yeah. But he must have been a minority. Because the rest of the people were actually setting a trap for him. They had come up against him in proposing such a legislation. And so, 
um, he didn't win. But in spite of that, he, when he knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house and his windows being open in his chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. He did not change his prayer life because of the new law. Are you getting the picture? Yes. Now, it must mean that Daniel had a certain mind about prayer. Are you getting it? Yes. He had a certain understanding about the importance of prayer, about the need to pray. He had a certain revelation very deep about prayer and why it should be done. And therefore, even a law could not keep him from praying. Are you getting the picture? Yeah, there are certain things that uh, um, um, laws will not easily keep us from doing. Isn't it? For example, if they made a law that no one should use the bathroom for three days. (laughs) You get it? That's a law that will be broken by most people. What do you think? Yes. Even they have a law that no one should speed. They put a speed limit on the road. Even that. You see, the best will read now when Sister Bond in the church, when she knew that the speed limit was posted, she went into her car and she drove up the road as she did a poor time. <laughs> Do you see the thing? Yeah. So Daniel was in that kind of situation. It's like, well, I don't know, but it's a law. But then whatever will happen should happen. But I can't stop praying. So it means that Daniel put prayer in the category of things that you cannot live without. Are you getting the picture? So this is what we are seeking to understand as we study this particular subject. Hallelujah. Daniel was not praying because he was in trouble, because trouble had not yet come. So you can't say that Daniel was praying because he was in trouble. Daniel was not praying because he had a need because Daniel was an important person in the government, you know, and those kinds of people scarcely have the kinds of needs that we have that make people pray. Do you get it? Yes. Most government officials are rewarded handsomely for what they do. Do you see? Yeah. And even the position of privilege itself confers so many things on people like that. So I don't think that Daniel was in that category. right? I don't know what else Daniel could have wanted. Maybe a wife, because I don't know. He was a eunuch, right? So he didn't have any wife, no, any needs to some desires to fulfill. He didn't have any of those problems. 
So why was such a person praying? Do you see? So it, it seems it was about the act. Do you see that prayer probably is supposed to be more about the relationship that necessitates it or that is strengthened by it or that is created by it. Are you getting the picture? So when you read that part where it says he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed. I think to, for somebody to pray three times a day, the message being conveyed here is a bit more than just that he prayed. Do you see what I'm saying? Like if I told you that this guy calls this girl three times a day versus he calls her all the time or he calls her every day. What do you think I'm trying to tell you? If I told you that this guy calls this girl three times a day, I am directing your mind to something, not phone calls. Do you, do you see what I'm saying? I'm not directing your mind to phone calls. I'm not, I'm not trying to give you a lesson in calling. <laughs> do you see? But I'm trying to draw your attention to something that is being implied by the calls. So if Daniel was praying three times a day, then it's not just telling us about prayer. But it's telling us something about the implications of Daniel praying to God three times a day. I think you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. So God is calling us not only to a routine, but he's calling us to something that is facilitated by the routine. Something that is created and supported and established by the routine, which is the closeness and the intimacy. Just like a guy who calls a girl three times a day. Don't be surprised if you end up seeing that they are married. <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. A guy who calls a girl. I mean, if you're a girl and a guy starts calling you three times a day, <laughs> it should mean something. Would it not mean something to you? <laughs> called in the morning. He called in the afternoon. He called in the evening. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, prayer, Daniel's mind must have been working a certain way concerning prayer. And it is those principles we're trying to understand. Amen. So, last week we started, number one, is that prayer is very important, isn't it? Yes. Prayer is very important. Daniel is teaching us that prayer is very, very important. Amen. And that's the message that God wants us to get. That prayer 
is more important than you think. Amen. That prayer is more important than just a religious routine or practice that religious people engage in. Everybody needs to pray. Everybody needs to pray. That it is important to pray. And the chapter says, if you are too busy to pray, then you are too busy. You are too busy. You can't be too busy to pray because prayer is very important. Hallelujah. Prayer affects your life perhaps more than anything else affects you. And that is why it must be something we do. Do you see how long and so on? Those vary. That's secondary. Do you see? But it is that we do the thing. It's like eating. We don't spend the same amount of time on food all the time. Or even the same amount of money on food all the time. And the time it takes to eat some things, we sit down properly, arrange ourselves, and address the meal (laughs) in courses. (laughs) Do you see what I'm saying? Then there are other meals that we have to take on the go. (laughs) We bring them along with us and we work it as we're going. Do you understand? But what is important is that eating, as for eating, it must happen no matter what is happening in your life. That's the point we are talking about. So we don't always find the time to eat the way we have to eat and take our time to, like I said, address the meal and confront it with zeal, passion, strength, determination, conviction. Yeah. Sometimes you see people eating something. You can see that, look, this is more than a meal. This is, this is you know, there's a battle going on here and one must win it at a certain level. You get it? Yeah, this is an, an enforcement, an establishment of a relationship. Do you see that? I mean, this is something. And the person is eating with conviction. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You see, there's great belief and great faith in what is being eaten. And it's being eaten accordingly. Yes. Yeah. But then other times you see that people are eating. There's even reluctance. Do you see? Yes. And even the way it's brought along with other things, you know, and the way it's eating, you can see that this is just the fulfillment of a routine. You get it? I haven't done this. I need to do this to live. Do you, do you see what I'm saying? Yes. Sometimes people who cook, you can tell the difference also in the meal. Sometimes you can see love all over the food. <laughs> There's a message around the food. Then other times you can see this survival kit. (laughs) This is is a kit that has been brought to you (laughs) so you don't die. 
you know what I mean? Yeah, it's about staying alive until the next show of love. <laughs> yeah, you see the thing, yes. But you see that whether it's a survival kit or an experience, an encounter with passion, what is common to both is that this thing cannot be eliminated. It's important. It must happen. So unless we elevate prayer to a similar level, then we don't understand what is going on. That Daniel does have an understanding that we don't have. And that is that prayer is important. Hallelujah. Amen. Prayer is one of the things that godly people do. When you read the Bible, you see that people who are associated with God, one of the things they do is to pray. A very um, um, good example is a man called Cornelius. You find Cornelius in Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10 and verse 1, is it? Acts chapter 10 and verse 1. It says, There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian band. You see, once again, we can see important people are praying. Do you, do you see this? In this a centurion is an, a military general. And he was in charge of the band called the Italian band. Now, on the side, he was a devout man and one that feared God with all his house and gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. He prayed to God always. I mean... I don't know what you do, but whatever you do, can we just add this on the side? Can we just say that you are so and so who does this and that and you pray to God always? And one of the reasons must have been that this man felt that prayer is important. He felt that he can't be too busy to pray, just like Daniel. And the Bible says in this particular, uh, or on this particular occasion, it says he saw in a, a vision, evidently about the ninth hour of the day, an angel of God coming into him and saying unto him, Cornelius. And it goes on from there. But it is obvious that Cornelius being an important military general, still felt that he was not excluded from prayer. That just because he was a person of authority and power did not mean that he's excused from praying. Yeah. That it would never be good enough excuse to say, because I'm busy, I cannot pray. Because when we're busy, we still eat. Do you see? Yeah. How busy we are is reflected more in what we eat, how long we eat it for, how we take our time, the setting. That's where the, it, it shows. 
But as for the substance of it that we will eat, business does not cancel it. Sometimes you see people are busy. In fact, these days, most workplaces have food. Yeah, because they have realized that they can actually take away from people even the time to go and eat by bringing the food there for them. So they can donate their eating time still to work. Or it takes even a shorter time. One time I went to visit one of our church members who has a job with Google. The food that they have in that place. Oh my God. Yes, yes, yes. So much food. Food from different countries. I mean, an international cuisine that happens every afternoon and it's there, like it's there. There's food all the time. Yes, and he told us you have to, he says if you went go into the building, there's food also at the office. There are snacks everywhere. I mean, everywhere you tend, there's food. Because the principle is no one is too busy to eat. <laughs> Amen. And so prayer is coming up to that level in your life in the name of Jesus. But I was saying that godly people, godly people include prayer in their lives. And that is because godliness and especially prayer, the prayer element of it affects every area of your life. Amen. It affects every area of your life. It is more important to know how to pray than to go to the gym. Yeah. Going to the gym and exercising it's essential for living, and it's true. It's important. But in terms of ranking, ranking, there's always something more important than something that is important, isn't it? Yes. And I'm saying that prayer will affect your life. You know, like there's a verse in First Timothy chapter 4. First, First Timothy chapter 4. Where is it? First Timothy chapter 4. That talks about godliness being profitable. First Timothy chapter 4 and verse 8. It says, for bodily exercise profiteth little. Do you see? Now, he's measuring and saying relatively, relatively, when you compare the benefit of bodily exercise to the benefit of godliness, then he says, the profit in bodily exercise is little. Why? Because it affects one area of your life only. Then it says, but godliness is profitable unto all things. Do you see? Having promise of the life now that is and the life that is to come. Then look at the next verse. The next verse, verse 9. He says, this is a faithful saying. Can you see? Yes, it says, this, this is a faithful saying means this is a reliable saying. He says, you can take this to the bank. That godliness will profit every area of your life. Yes, but not every area of your life is affected by exercise. 
Are you getting what I'm saying? Or even if you must say that it is affected by exercise, I mean, depending on what area it is, it starts to be remote. Do you see that the connection starts to be more and more and more and more remote? Do you see as you go to different areas of your life? But prayer and godliness, the Bible says it is profitable, or if you like, let's use the word beneficial. Amen. If you think of it, if you put the word beneficial, then it says, God, bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is beneficial unto all things. Having promise, that means it, 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 it helps you. You see, it's guaranteed. It's a promise. It's a promise. You get it? So it's, it's guaranteed to help you in the life that now is and in that which is to come. So it's another level. Hallelujah. And Daniel felt that this is the understanding that people must have concerning prayer. And so he prayed every day as he did a full time, even in spite of the fact that now prayer was going to be done at the risk of him going into the lion's den. I'm sure that Daniel knew that, look, even this lion's den thing, not praying puts you in worse danger than going into the lion's den. You, you have to be a person of faith to believe something like that. Yes, Daniel must have believed honestly that not, I know that if I pray, I'm in danger of going to the lion's den, but I tell you, not praying puts me in even more danger. So between those two, then I'll choose that this is the lesser evil. I'll go into the lion's den with my prayer. And so he went ahead and he prayed and it did not change that. Hallelujah. So, number one is that prayer is important. Number two is that no one is ever too busy, too blessed, or too successful to pray. Amen. These are the three eliminators of prayer in our lives. Too busy or too blessed means I don't really need anything. Yeah, because usually when we are in an acute need of something, it sends us straight to pray. Do you, do you get it? And that's such an inferior relationship. Do, do you see? Yeah, it's such an inferior relationship that you only connect when you have a need. Can you imagine if you have a friend, anytime you see him, you know what it means. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> Do you see? It's the lowest level of relationship. But when you start to go to a place or do something, not just because you want something there, like there's a particular shop that I, I sort of enjoy. And one time I hadn't been there for a while and then I was telling my wife, you know, we need to go into this shop. Yeah. She was asking, what do we want there? And I was saying, oh, just to greet the people. <laughs> 
I said we should just go and pass there just to greet the workers. <laughs> that is a sign that I really love the place. Even though most of the time I've gone there, it would be because I was to get something. Do you see? But when I realized that now not going there, I had started to miss the place. Then I realized that I've now gone beyond what I get from there to loving the art of going there. So I said, let's go and greet them. <laughs> yeah. We just arrived there and say, hey, hello, we've come. <laughs> Hallelujah. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Yes. If we pray only because we need something, our relationship with God is at the lowest level. And the lowest level of relationships don't guarantee anything. In fact, when you have a good relationship with someone and the relationship is at the highest level, it pours more into your life than when your relationship is at the lower level. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. And a good example is that someone with whom you have a relationship is more likely to give you something and something nice than someone with whom you have no relationship but who is begging for it. True or false? See, if you drive your car down the road and you get to the stoplight and that stranger comes, he's the one in most need of what you have. And you're going to look around and find a quarter and toss it to him. Do you see what I'm saying? And then you hear that it's John Jack's birthday. And he hasn't asked you for anything. And you're going to give him one of his fancy shoes that he likes to wear, wear in the church. <laughs> He's hiding his feet. <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. And it's because of the relationship. People give us things, more things because of the relationship than because we asked for it. And of course, if on top of the relationship you ask for it, then it gets even better. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. So our vision must be that we, we, we pray because of the relationship. And that's what the Bible is telling us about Daniel praying three times a day. That Daniel was praying three times a day to emphasize his relationship. Because he was that close to the Lord. Are you understanding it? No one is ever too busy, too blessed, or too successful to pray. Daniel was a blessed man, and he prayed. <laughs> Do you see? So the fact that God has now blessed you with a car, God has blessed you with a job, God has blessed you with something, whatever it is that God has given you, and because of that, you will not pray, just shows that you didn't understand the whole thing. I don't think Daniel had any need. Do you remember that they used to cook for them? They fed them specially. So Daniel didn't have a need for food. 
nor did he have a need for clothes. I don't think Daniel had a need for a car or a chariot or whatever they must have had in those days because even his job would guarantee that for him. But Daniel still found reason to pray. So Daniel must have thought that no one is too blessed to pray. You can't be too blessed to pray. Amen. And you can't be too successful to pray. That things have worked out for you and worked out so well that there is no need for you to pray. Prayer is not done by people because, uh, or should not be done by people because things are not working out. Even though it's a common reason for prayer, it should not be the basis or the main reason why we pray. Otherwise, when things work out, you will not find a good reason to pray. Once um, um, I was on a plane with a certain man who was from here. He was from Houston, in fact. And he was flying um, to wherever I was going. And when I told him that I was a pastor, you know, then he was trying to link it. He said, it's because I'm African and we have many problems in Africa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you see the thing. Yes. When he found out I lived here, he said, wow, I'm missing all the fun. <laughs> because he was going, he was a man who lived here, but was doing business in Africa. He was telling me that I'm missing the fun <laughs> because he's, he's doing wild things. <laughs> But he was linking it. He felt that a person who prays is because he has so many problems. And people don't think that prayer is necessary. Even in our country right here, I mean, the time that you see people praying openly and they light candles is when there's a tragedy. Yeah, when there's a big problem, then everybody thinks about prayer. But until then... Prayer, the only time you see when prayer even happens in a school and nobody questions is when somebody has gone there to cause trouble in the school. At that point, it's acceptable and understandable for people to pray. Do you see what I'm saying? We have it upside down. We should not be praying just because there's trouble. We must rather pray so that trouble does not come. Amen. When Jesus taught us to pray, one of the things he said was to include an element, deliver us from evil. Because evil happens. There's evil in the world and evil happens. And he was teaching us that on a daily basis, we must tell the Lord, deliver us from evil. So perhaps if we pray more, even just using the formula Jesus gave us, evil may not find its way into our lives at a certain level at least. Are you understanding it? No one is ever too busy, too blessed, or too successful to pray. Amen. The next one 
is that prayer is the source of our power and protection. Prayer is the source of our power and what? Protection. Daniel must have known that prayer is the source of our power and protection. He must have known it. That look, prayer releases the power of God on our lives. He must have known that prayer engages God. Prayer stirs up supernatural power and activates it on our behalf. And Daniel knew it. And so he felt that based on that, he must pray every day. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Now we must really believe that prayer activates power on our behalf. Prayer stirs up supernatural power. In the case of Daniel, you see, he wasn't praying because people were trying to kill him. But it was also true that people were trying to kill him. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. If you think that there is, as we are here now, you think there might be some conspiracy working itself out to kill you, if you believe so, you may be right. (laughs) Do Do you get what I'm saying? So you see Daniel, he was not praying because he knew this. He didn't pray because he knew it. But as he was praying, it turned out that it was the case. (laughs) That people had conspired against him. They had planned it. They had met. They had discussed. They had schemed up the whole situation. Even that law that had been passed, the whole law was because of him. Yes. The whole law, the government, the nation... They were changing the whole law because of this one Daniel. And it was designed to end up with him being killed. And he was right. And you can see that his prayer may have influenced the outcome. Honestly, I think it did. I think his prayer influenced the outcome. Don't you think so? <laughs> yes, because he didn't die. Yes. And, and why did he not die? Because he went into the lion's den. But there seems to be a supernatural intervention that occurred. Clearly. Do you see? And he said it. He said, look, my Lord sent his angel and shut up the mouth of the lions. Yes, a supernatural intervention. Prayer stirred up, activated a supernatural intervention in his life and it caused him to live when he should have died. Yes. It caused him to live when he should have died. Sometimes I watch animals and, you know, I I just... Who are these creatures that 
cannot understand us and we cannot understand them. Like these lions and these wild cats, I mean, tigers and leopards. And they have a way of, I mean, if you were to land in a lion's then what are you going to say to the lion to, I mean, how, how are you going to get the lion to understand that, you know, he, he should try not to eat you. <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. So you need a supernatural intervention. Yes. So when the king went to the lions then the next morning, the Bible says he called up and then he asked, Daniel, is your God whom you serve continually? You're always praying. You're always praying. Has your God been able to save you? And the Daniel, Daniel responded. I, I can imagine the elation when the, when the king heard his voice. When the king heard his voice. The king knew it. He, when he sent Daniel to the lions and he said, you know, I'm the king. I have to do what I have to do. I'm going to send you to the lions. Then. But I tell you that your God whom you serve continually... He will deliver you. This is the king giving Daniel that assurance. And this is not beyond your God. Your prayer life, that relationship you have with him, it will save you. You watch. So the next morning, he went quickly and he went to check. And he shouted and said, Daniel, did it work? And when Daniel responded from down there, he was excited. Daniel said, my God sent an angel. I tell you, and we, we all need this kind of intervention in our lives. Yes. A supernatural power that steps in. And because it steps in, something that should happen, the natural course of events are altered. Because something supernatural Stepped in. Are you getting what I'm saying? The Bible talks about Jesus when he was being baptized. The Bible says the heavens opened upon his life. It's like there's a connection between praying. Prayer has the effect of activating the heaven, engaging the heavens. Do you understand? Luke chapter 3 and verse 21. It says, Jesus also being baptized and praying and praying. He was being baptized, and while he was being baptized, he was praying. And he says, the heaven was opened. So one of the effects of prayer, are you bringing up that scripture? John chapter, sorry, Luke chapter 3 and verse 21. Luke 3, 21. Now when all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also being baptized and praying. And praying, the heaven was opened. So there's baptism and there's baptism. <laughs> baptism and baptism with prayer. As the guy added prayer to his baptism, then everything changed. His baptism was different. Heaven was opened. Heaven was opened. Heaven was opened. Heaven was opened. Anything you can do, to open up heaven over your life. Please do it. <laughs> do you see what I'm saying? 
If you could be assured that running around the block will cause heaven to open, then do it. Just do it. <laughs> because heaven opening over your life is important. Let me show you a verse. Look, John chapter 3. This is Luke chapter 3. But go to John chapter 3 and verse 27. John chapter 3 and verse 27. This one says, John 3, 27. John answered and said, A man can receive nothing except it be given to him from heaven. Can you see that? A man can receive what? A man can receive what? A man can receive what? Nothing. Nothing. Except it be given to him from heaven. So do you see why it's important for the heaven to open? Anything that you can do. I'm saying if you forget about prayer. If you know anything that makes the heaven open upon your life. Do it. But we can see here that Jesus was being baptized and praying. The Bible says heaven opened. Other people were being baptized. Heaven didn't open. So I don't think it's a baptism. Do you see? It must be the prayer. It must be the prayer. It must be the prayer. And as he prayed, the heaven opened. And a man, look, if we can pray and continue to pray, every time we pray, we engage heaven and heaven opens over our lives. And when heaven, heaven opens our lives, our chances of receiving things, do you understand? Something will come from heaven into your life. Yes. And when heaven releases it into your life, no one can take it away from you. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Yes? Think of prayer as a way to engage and to open up the heavens. And heaven will open over your life and it will release something into your life. A man can receive nothing except it be given to him from above. Hallelujah. Yes. You must believe it. You must believe it. You know, this time around, because this is one of our messages we preach it from time to time to time in our church, right? But this time around, as I was going through it, it occurred to me, one of the things that has occurred to me strongly is about the conspiracy to kill Daniel. That there is such a thing as a conspiracy for you to die. Yes. You should believe it. Don't just wish it away. There are people who wish you were dead. And there are people who are planning for you to die. You know, last week, last week somebody sent me a video clip. It was a very sad one. Someone had taken a little girl to, um, you know, like a, a medicine man or some type of person. The man said he has 12 children and he had sent one of them to the, the herbalist or something, yeah. That he's, he came from abroad, right? Yes, the man said he, has, he lives abroad and he's not prospering. Yeah, he said things are not going too well. So he has 12 children and he took one of the 12 children to a herbalist to kill her. Yeah. 
Yes, and the little girl was sitting in the room quietly. She didn't know why her father had. See the wickedness of man. And that's what somebody is doing to his child. How about you who is not his child? <laughs> So there are wicked conspiracies. Wicked conspiracies. Yes. And it's a spiritual thing. It's, it's a spiritual thing. Yes. And the man had gone there. They had wrapped some white cloth or something around him. I tell you, you, should, you shouldn't underestimate people's what and how far people are willing to go. Whether it's for money to get rid of you, to get rid I mean, it's just a real thing. Yes, you know, this is not something I've believed much in. But this time as I've been reading this Daniel thing, it's okay to me that, you know what? It is possible that people can come together to orchestrate your death. Yeah. And they did it. If you look in the scripture, you see people... Jesus even talked about, he told the story, Matthew chapter 21. Matthew chapter 21 and verse 20, 21 and verse 30, 35 maybe. Let's start from 35. Matthew 21 and verse 35. Ha, are you learning something here? Matthew 21 and verse 35. He said the husband's men, okay, let's start from verse 33. Here another parable. There was a certain householder which planted a vineyard and hedged it round about and digged a wine press in it and built a tower and let it out to husband's men and went into a far country. And when the time of the first of the fruit drew near, he sent his servants to the husband's men that they might receive the fruits of it. And the husband's men took his servants and beat one and killed another and stoned him. Right? Verse uh, 36. Again, he sent other servants more than the first, and they did unto them likewise. But last of all, he sent unto them his son, saying, they will reverence my son. Verse 38. But when the husband's men saw the son, they said among themselves, this is the heir. Come, let us kill him. Do you get it? Yes. And let us seize on his inheritance. So you can be killed because of your inheritance. This is the behavior of human beings. Yes. And they caught him and cast him out of the vineyard and slew him. They killed him. Why? Because of his inheritance. Because of something he had. Yeah, so someone can kill you. you see, and that's what happens in real life. And real life only mirrors what happens spiritually. So just like someone can kill you in real life because of your handbag. Do you see what I'm saying? Someone can meet you in a corner and stab you because they want your handbag. And, you know, yeah, if they can do that in the natural, why can't that happen spiritually? Yes. So we must not joke with prayer. We must not joke with our lives. 
Because we can see that in the case of Daniel, there was a real, if Daniel came to say, I feel like some people are after my life. He was right. (laughs) Because some people were after his life. They wanted to kill him. They were determined to kill him. They did it to Jesus. John chapter 7 and verse 1. It says, after these things, Jesus walked in Galilee. For he would not walk in Jewry because the Jews sought to kill him. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) John chapter 7 and verse 1. After these things, Jesus walked in Galilee for he would not walk in Jewry because the Jews sought to kill him. (laughs) Yep. They didn't want him around. Do you see? Yes. In Matthew chapter 26 is another one. Matthew 26 and verse 5. Matthew chapter 26 and verse 5. Have you seen it? And, but they said, not on the feast day, lest there be an uproar among the people. Matthew 26 and verse, let's start from verse 3. Then assembled together the chief priests and the scribes and the elders of the people unto the palace of the high priest who was called Caiaphas and consulted that they might take Jesus by subtlety and kill him. Only that they were dealing with the son of man or the son of God who could see through their subtlety to understand what these people were up to. It means that their plot to kill him was not so obvious. So they were going to trick him into a place and then kill him. That's what they wanted to do to him. Same thing with Apostle Paul. Acts chapter 9, verse 23 says, After that, many days were fulfilled. The Jews took counsel to kill him. But their laying await was known of Saul. And they watched the gates day and night to kill him. Wow. Can you see that? So, as a conspiracy to kill, to make people die, you should really believe in it. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes. And our real true deliverance from such a thing is our prayer life. That's why Jesus said, Pray every day, deliver me from evil. Do you understand? And in that same prayer, he adds, give us this day our daily bread. So you see that asking for your daily bread is as important as prayer for deliverance from evil. On a daily basis, as we pray, but most of us are obsessed with the daily bread one. (laughs) So most of our prayer is about that one. (laughs) 
But deliver us from evil is another one. Because there is evil. There is evil. There is evil. I tell you, there is evil. The other day I was looking for, um, I was looking for my, in my iPad, for my minister's handbook, you know, for ceremonies. And so I searched the Apple Store handbook, minister's handbook, and I saw that, oh, there are so many minister's handbooks, you know, also for sale in, in the Apple bookstore. Then I came across another one, minister's handbook for witches. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I got curious and I tried to read the back there. The, the introduction right there, you know how you can read a sample? Yes, it said right there that this book is not for um, people who practice witchcraft on a lower level. It said it's for people who are deep into, you know, immediately I say, you know, get out of here. <laughs> yeah. It said that the book is for, it's not for people who are new to the witchcraft and so on. It's for people who are deeper into it and are at higher levels who understand something about influence, ability to influence something. I say, hey, what book is this? You know? And then I said, get out. <laughs> we are not the only ones who have a minister's handbook. <laughs> Are you understanding what I'm saying? You need to believe it. Believe that evil exists and is real. Let me show you another one. Acts chapter 12. Acts chapter 12, we read about Peter. He says, now about that time, this is verse 1, Herod the king stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church. And what did he do? He killed James the brother of John with the sword. And because he saw it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. Then were the days of unleavened bread. And when he had apprehended him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four quaternions of soldiers to keep him, intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. So you see, Peter has been arrested and it looks like they are going through it. But there's a plan to kill him. There's a plan. Do you see? Yes. Then in verse 5, it says, Peter therefore was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. And when Herod would have brought him forth the same night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers and then behold, the angel of the Lord came to get him out of that place. Can you, can you see that? Yes. So somebody, he said, he had killed James and it worked. So he proceeded. Let's kill Peter too. Let's kill Peter too. Let's kill Peter too. The, the conspiracy was intended to stamp out the church. Do you see? In those, can you imagine the church, the two major people in the church have been killed? 
back to back like that. Yeah. Easter was the thing that brought a break in the killing. And the guy said, let's wait. After Easter, we'll bring him to the people. And he knew it. If he brought Peter to the people, he would get him to, to die. But the church, the church, the church, they continued to pray. Prayer was made without ceasing by the church. The church was praying and praying and praying and praying and praying. And when he would have brought Peter, it says when he would have brought Peter out, that same night, the angel, because prayer opens the heavens, it engages the supernatural on our behalf. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you beginning to see the wisdom of the flow prayer meetings? Are you understanding that the flow prayer meetings are making a difference in our lives? It's not a church program. No, it's not a church program. That's not what it is. If you're missing the flow prayer meetings, you are missing something significant. And don't be surprised if something evil happens. Not because anybody wishes evil on you. The evil is not coming on you as a punishment for not coming. There's no punishment for not coming to pray, um, to, to, to flow prayer meeting. It's not a punishment. But what it means is that what God has provided for driving something away has not been engaged by you. So you're exposed. Amen. Anytime you think of demons, think about flies. Yes, think about flies. They never take a break. Been last night around two o'clock in the morning. I saw one big fly. I couldn't believe that. At this time of the night, you are still flying around. <laughs> Do you see the thing? Yes, that you can expect a demon at any time in some place in your life. You are not expecting him, but he's there. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. I'm calling us to a life of prayer with meaning. Beyond making it a church routine, it must be something that you do with understanding. That this is something I need to do. This is something I must do. It is something that must happen. Nothing happening in my life is a good enough excuse not to do it. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Yes, there's nothing going on in your life that is an acceptable excuse or reason not to pray. Prayer is the source of power and protection. Amen. Without prayer, we are exposed. We are uncovered. We don't have anything going for us if we do not pray. And the things that the enemy has planned for our lives will go on as planned without any restrictions. But prayer will save us. Amen. Amen. The next one is that prayer is important in acquiring and sustaining the blessings of God. Amen. Amen. Yes, prayer is necessary for acquiring the blessings because if prayer will open the heavens into Onto, upon your life, then prayer is necessary for receiving blessings, isn't it? 
Yes. And prayer is necessary for sustaining the blessings of God. Amen. Because just because you have it doesn't mean it's going to continue to be yours. What do you think? Just because getting it is one thing, but keeping it is another. That must be the reason why you locked your car when you were coming to church. Because you understood that it's not just about getting it, but it's also about securing it so you can continue to have it. Do you see what I'm saying? And so the blessings that God brings into our lives by prayer need also to be secured by prayer. Amen. Amen. So it's not enough to have it. But you need to guard it also with prayer. So it's not taken away from you. So it's not stolen from you. So you are not robbed of it. Do you understand? The devil comes, the Bible says, the thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Hallelujah. In the Bible, we see how the devil attacked Job. He stole everything from him. He took his money. He took his businesses. He even took his children. And then he took away his health. Yep. And so we know from the story of Job that the devil takes such things. He has the ability to take such things. He can take away a business. He can take away a job. He can take away possessions. He can take away families. He can scatter everything. The devil can do that. And prayer is one of the ways to stop him. Can I have an amen? So prayer is important for acquiring and sustaining the, pre- the blessings of the Lord. Hallelujah. I see you being prayerful from now on. Amen. Yes. We need to be reminded of these things always so that we can go back to the life of prayer. Amen. If we understand these things, flow prayer meeting would be one of the most important meetings in our lives. We will not miss flow prayer meeting for anything because we know that prayer is something we must do. Amen. So let's all join. Tomorrow is another prayer, uh, flow prayer session, isn't it? Yeah, it's a blessing tomorrow. And I want to encourage all of you to be on. Join, you join by Zoom, isn't it? And you come to the church Zoom and we pray together so we all know each other is around. What do you think? I, I think it's a good idea. It's a good way to do it. So log on to the church Zoom and it's put there by one person and we all stay there together and we all pray with the prophet. With this understanding that prayer is important in acquiring and sustaining the blessings of God. Daniel knew it. Daniel must have felt that, you know, Prayer is an important thing for acquiring the blessing and for sustaining it. Daniel must have felt that without prayer, I won't be here. And truly, if Daniel had not prayed, he would have lost his job. Yes. They wanted him to lose his job all along. 
Why? Because people at his work were jealous of him. Have you read it? Look at it. Go quickly to Daniel chapter 6. We're just closing. But Daniel chapter 6. Just look at it again real quick before we go. Daniel chapter 6. Have you found it? Yeah. It says, okay, let me get, let me get um, a, a good version. Good. New Living Translation. Darius the Mede decided to divide the kingdom into 120 provinces and he appointed a high officer to rule over each province. The king also chose Daniel and two others as administrators to to supervise the high officers and protect the king's interests. Daniel soon proved himself more capable than all the other administrators and high officers. Because of Daniel's great ability, the king made plans to set him over the entire empire. Then the other administrators and high officers began searching for some fault in the way Daniel was handling government affairs. But they couldn't find anything to criticize or condemn. He was faithful, always responsible, and completely trustworthy. So they concluded, our only chance of finding grounds for accusing Daniel will be in connection with the rules of his religion. So the administrators and high officers went to the king and said, long live King Darius. We are all in agreement. We administrators, officials, high officers, advisors, and governors that the king should make a law that would be strictly enforced. Give orders that for the next 30 days, any person who prays to anyone, divine or human, except to you, your majesty, will be thrown into the den of lions. Can you not see this happening at your workplace? Can you not see people being jealous of you because you are more capable than them? Can you not see people fighting against you because you do better at something than them? Yes. And working to eliminate you, to get you out of the place or to find a fault. People don't believe sometimes traps are set for you. Yes. Somebody leaves something somewhere because he knows you are in charge of it. Yeah. Or he goes home with something and he knows you are in charge of it. He steals it or takes it when he knows nobody's watching and he places it in the wrong place and makes it look like you placed it there. Is it not because of these things that they now have cameras in so many places because of the wickedness of people? Yes. Because people lie. People tell lies. People are wicked. And people can come up with stories and can fabricate things that don't exist out of resentment, jealousy, hatred for you and your progress. That's what Daniel was experiencing. He says that because of his capability, they couldn't find anything to criticize or condemn. He was faithful 
always responsible and completely trustworthy. So they concluded our only chance of finding grounds for accusing Daniel would be in connection with the rules of his religion. And that was because in verse 3, Daniel soon proved himself more capable than all the other administrators and high officers. So you may think that you are working hard. You are working hard. Or sometimes you even work. So, you know, some people love their, what they do. You, you get it. They love what they do. So they just put them, themselves into it in a certain way. But as you do it, it makes others jealous. And it makes others not want to. Do you see? Yes. And then they start to work against you. And they start to plot against you. And prayer is what will take you out of such a web. So this is one of the reasons you must pray. Because you work hard. (laughs) Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Because of the way you work, you must pray. Yeah, because if you don't pray, this thing about you will get you out of the job. Yes, you must believe it. If the Bible is true, then what we are reading can happen to you. Yes, and Daniel, he was a prophet of God and he was not exempt from these things. You get it? Yes. So I don't know if you are also a prophet. but <laughs> John Jack, okay. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yes. Dennis, do you believe the things we are reading? <laughs> yes. You have your mice in that place. You, you think you are feeding your mice, but you'd be surprised that someone is jealous. You get it? Yes. Someone, you go there one day and they, you, then somebody has collected all the mice, fed them to the, the company cat. <laughs> And your whole experiment is cancelled. You get it? Said that African boy or whatever, he just came from somewhere. Since he came, he set the standards. He's doing so well. Who does he think he is? He should go back to the bush and climb those trees and do his experiment on the trees. (laughs) Go back to the natives. (laughs) Yeah. Mix up with the chimpanzees and the monkeys and gorillas and try to do his experiments there. If you don't pray, that's what somebody will do. Yeah, someone will go there at night and make something into your thing. Yes. Someone will be in a meeting with the boss and have a discussion. You know, boss, is it possible for us to introduce um, something so that, and he's speaking like he's, he, he means well. But everything he's suggesting is designed to eliminate you. Yeah, he's making a good suggestion. You know, is it possible for us to start coming to work on Sundays? You know, I, I feel that, you know, a lot, most of us are free on Sundays. And, you know, and he's put up a good case. It's, it's just because he knows you can't do Sundays. So if he can get the boss to agree, it means there's now one day that becomes a problem for you. 
And soon they'll be advocating, is it possible? You know, can we hire somebody else? Can we get someone else to do this job? Because this person doesn't come on Sundays. One of our pastors, he used to work somewhere. And he would go to work early. Sometimes he would come home at 4 o'clock in the morning. And by 8 o'clock, he was supposed to be back there. After working till 4 o'clock in the morning, by 8 a.m., he would come home, just change, and then he's back there. And after working that routine, he was surprised that one day they called for a meeting and the next thing they were saying is that he's not giving himself enough. His his heart just broke. (laughs) Yeah, he he couldn't believe it. They They said that he's not dedicated enough to the job. Why? Because they work on Sundays and he never comes. Yeah. So he never comes to join them to work on Sundays. But you'd be surprised that all this is a setup that somebody has put together just to get rid of this guy because he shines too bright, you know? And sometimes when people shine so bright, they make you look dark. (laughs) Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. Have you ever been in a situation where you thought you had a white shirt until Pastor Charles came around? (laughs) When you thought what you were wearing was white until Pastor Charles came around. (laughs) Then you saw white. (laughs) Suddenly, now you want to change your own say, I'm wearing brown. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. And sometimes the beauty in your life brings out the ugliness in another person's life. You get there at 7 o'clock every day. So his 8 o'clock now looks like a problem. You get it? By the time he comes at 9, you've been working for 2 hours already. And you've raised the standard. So so they hate you and they resent you. Not because you've done anything, but just the, 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 the way your life is playing out creates problems and unnecessary attention for them. And so they hate you because of that. So they start to conspire against you. They start to speak. They start to drop hints. They start to set things up designed to catch you. That's what they did for Daniel. But his prayer life took him out of their webs. I tell you. His prayer life. Thank God the promotion didn't destroy him. He never allowed the job to take away his prayer life. Yeah. He never found the job worth trading his prayer life for. He said, no, I'm not going to stop praying. I know how I got here. Prayer is what will keep me here. If I stop praying... I'll go tumbling down. So he didn't stop. And he continued to pray. And truly, the prayer saved his job. The prayer kept him. When he should have gone down, he stayed afloat. God kept him because he never traded prayer for the job. He never gave up prayer because of the job. Do not give up prayer because of your job. No. Don't give up prayer Because of anything prayer has brought you. Don't give up prayer. 
Don't say I'll stop praying because I don't need to pray or I don't need to pray as much because God has already blessed me. No, you're deceiving yourself. Rather because you have it, pray. Because there's something to take from you. Do you see what I'm saying? Because you have it, pray because there's something to take away from you. Thieves look for people who have something. The Bible says the devil is a thief. He cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Hallelujah. Pray because you are in good health. Pray because you have something that can be taken. Yes. Don't take it for granted. You you have something. Your good health is something that can be stolen. Yes. And it takes only a day. You wake up not feeling a certain way. This test, that test. Then some big diagnosis. And your whole life has changed. Because something has been stolen away from you. You need to pray. That's the point. You need to pray. Don't say that because you are healthy, there's no need to pray. Rather, because you are healthy, you must pray. Because there's something that can be stolen. You have something that can be stolen. Your marriage, it can be stolen. Oh yes, it can be, it can be stolen. It can be stolen from you. Yes. Your children can be stolen. They'll be taken away from you. I tell you. One of the cases in the Bible is thou shalt beget children, but thou shalt not enjoy them. Yes, it says thou shalt beget children, but thou shalt not enjoy them. A stranger will take them away from you. It's, it's a serious something. Only prayer can change that. Do you see what I'm saying? So, we have a lot to pray about. We have many reasons to pray. Daniel teaches us a lot about prayer. And we must follow Daniel's principles of prayer. Can I have an amen? Amen. We'll continue next time. Let's bring the service to a close. And continue next time. Amen. Yeah. Daniel soon proved himself more capable than all the other administrators. Then he says, because of Daniel's great ability, the king made plans to make him over the entire empire. Then the other administrators and high officers began searching for a fault. Is that what it says here? Yeah? Then the other administrators and high officers began searching for some fault. (laughs) Why? 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 But look at verse 3 again. Daniel soon, verse 3, Daniel soon proved himself more capable than all the other administrators and the high officers. Because of Daniel's great ability, the king made plans to make, place him over the entire empire. So maybe somebody has recognized your great ability. Yeah. Someone has recognized your great ability and is getting ready to reward you. Is getting ready to promote you. Is getting ready to set you up because of your great ability. There's something about you that someone in authority likes. And is getting ready to set you up because of that. But guess what? Verse 4 
He says, then the other administrators and high officers began searching for some fault in the way Daniel was handling government affairs. They began searching for a fault. And when they couldn't find any, then they proceeded to create the fault. So you see, a person who was faithful, always responsible, and completely trustworthy, he's still in trouble. He ends up landing in big trouble. Somebody who always came to work on time. Somebody who always showed up. Someone who never stole a dime. Trustworthy person. He didn't steal the company money. He didn't steal the office pins. He didn't steal the paper. He didn't bring things from his house to photocopy in the office. He didn't take some of the office milk home. (laughs) Or stuff his bag with the office snacks. Every day he goes home, the children are waiting for him because his bag is loaded with cakes and office snacks that should be for other office people. He has taken them to his children in the house. None of that for Daniel. And yet, he was in trouble. Look, we need to pray about our jobs. Amen. I think today we should pray about our jobs. Do you understand? Pray about trouble that is brewing in spite of you being faithful and always responsible and completely trustworthy. Can you see that? Yes. Yes. Because there are people who are looking for something to criticize or condemn. Pray against, you know, you know, let's pray three prayers. Number one, we're going to pray about anybody who has plans to promote us. Any good plans that anyone has for us. want to pray that those good plans will not be obstructed in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Then we are going to pray against people who are trying to find things to criticize and condemn. Are you getting it? And then finally we are going to pray that God will help us to be faithful and always responsible and completely trustworthy. Can I have an amen? So let's pray those three prayers right now before we close. Just pray. Everybody pray those three prayers in the name of Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Midolo 
concerning your job concerning your job because trouble can arise from any place in that job just pray that God will deliver you from any trouble that the enemy seeks to make for you in your trouble what is in your blind spot what is it that you should be concerned about that you are not seeing that you have left that God will help you. Maybe school for you. Maybe school, an error, a mistake, something that you are not taking seriously enough. But what is about to cost you everything? Pray against it in the name of Jesus. Amen. 
in the name of Jesus thank you Lord hallelujah pray one more prayer I want you to pray against any conspiracy to kill you anyone who is plotting to have you dead to kill you whether it's because of something you have the, the one we read the parable Jesus spoke they killed him for his inheritance they said because of what he has let's kill him because of what is coming to him maybe somebody wants you dead because of what is coming to you not yet in your hands but it's coming to you and they can see that it belongs to your life it belongs to your future it's been slated for you and because of that they are fighting against you and they want you dead I want you to pray against every such conspiracy that is intending to have you dead in the name of Jesus pray against that conspiracy in the name of Jesus every conspiracy against your health every conspiracy whether it's through some juju or magic power or some demonic powers whatever it is that somebody is working against you pray against it prayer is your only help prayer is your only defense against it in the name of Jesus I will live and not die. Declare that I will live. I shall live and not die. I will live and not die. I will live and not die. In the name of Jesus. Ebalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabal
from accidents. You will not die some accidental death in the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I will not die. Instead, I will live to tell what the Lord has done. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, Pray, pray for time, time, time. Ask God, extend my life. Give me time, give me time, give me time. Not to see my children grow, but Lord, to work for you, to do more for you, to accomplish more for you. Not to build houses, not to drive cars, not to have children, but to do more, to do more for you, to do more for you. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Finally, pray that anyone who is involved in any kind of conspiracy that is designed for your downfall, pray that it will boomerang and turn back onto them in the name of Jesus. Just like it was in the case with Daniel. They wanted him to go to the lions then in the end they and their families and everybody rather ended up in the lions den. So ask God to expose every such conspirator by turning whatever evil they are planning against you or upon themselves in the name of Jesus. Everybody begin to pray. Begin to pray in the name of Jesus that the pit that they dug for you, they will fall into it themselves. That whatever trap they have set for you, it will catch they themselves in the name of Jesus. Ebolus <laughs> 
Proverbs chapter 26 and verse 27. That's the scripture we have just prayed. Proverbs 26 and verse 27. It says, If you set a trap for others, you will get caught in it yourself. Can you see it? If you roll a boulder down on others, it will crush you instead. Amen. Hallelujah. Anyone who has set a trap for you, anyone who set a trap for you will get caught in it themselves. Amen. Hallelujah. And anyone who is rolling a boulder down your path to fall on you and to crush you, it will crush him instead. Amen. That's directly from the Bible. <laughs> Are you understanding the word of God? Anyone who is trying to expose your weaknesses at work, anyone who is trying to dig up trouble for you, anyone who has made it their vision to show you as an incompetent person who is not doing what you are supposed to do, who cannot work, who cannot do well, who is committed to your downfall, against him already he says what he's wishing for you will come upon him in the name of Jesus hallelujah Amen. give thanks to the Lord for today's lesson and today's message everybody just pray and say Lord thank you thank you for inspiring me to pray and for encouraging me to pray help me Lord to keep a consistent prayer life and to develop a real relationship with you concerning prayer in the name of Jesus my struggles are over my struggles are over my cryings are over my weepings at night are over yes because God you will sustain me and you will keep me thank you for the new relationship in the name of Jesus thank him thank him thank him thank him everybody just thank him in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Now, finally, maybe you're with us or you're online 
or listening to the podcast but you know in your heart that you're not saved that means if you were to die today you don't know if you go to heaven or not today is a good day to change that and I want to invite you to say a prayer a simple prayer to receive Jesus as your Lord and your Savior to ask Jesus to forgive your sins and to cleanse you from anything that makes you unholy before him and to ask him to be Lord over your life that one prayer will change everything for you I want you to join us as we say this prayer this afternoon say with me say Lord Jesus I know that I'm a sinner and you died for my sins today I invite you to come into my heart forgive my sins Lord let your blood wash me and let your blood cleanse me and make me a child of God thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you Jesus for my salvation thank you for the privilege and blessing of being saved Amen Hallelujah go ahead and put your hands together for Jesus Hallelujah Amen 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 are you blessed today